Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Four Quarters. We've got a great episode for you today. First, we start off with debatably the most exciting weekend of playoff football in the history of the game. I know for me, it was the best weekend I've ever seen with great finishes in every single game. Then we will move on to talk about some of the big names that got kicked out of the playoffs this past weekend, including Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. See what the offseason ahead looks like for them, whether they'll be playing again next season, playing somewhere else next season, or retired and doing God knows what come September. Then moving on from that, we get into a little bit of mock draft talk as all three of the guys here four quarters. None of us have any teams in the playoffs anymore, so you know we're really focused on the draft and moving forward. So we start to get into that conversation as the season comes to a close. And then, of course, we close everything out with my thing is. But before we get to the episode, I'm going to talk about the bad beats, the best beats, and my beats from this past week and for the weekend. Brought to you by Pickett. The Pickett app is a great place to keep track of all your bets. Basically, you can track it all the way down to the dollar amount that you've made betting NCAA basketball this year, this week, or this month. It works that same way with pretty much every sport. And at the same time, it also works like Twitter to where you can post your plays. You can see what everybody else is posting about, see what they're taking for the day, and just have you know regular conversation. It's just one big betting community all in one space, all on one app. Go ahead and download it today. But let's get into the best beats and the bad beats. So first, we'll start off with the best beat. And for those of you that remember the one last week, this one is kind of similar. So it has plus 38,000 odds. So it was 10 bucks to win like $3,800. And it was all it was three legs, all first basket scores. Now, there was three on here originally. Two hit and one person got taken off of the, starting, or the roster for the game before the game started, so and they got kind of lucky because it was in the Pacers-Golden State game from last week, and Golden State ended up scoring the first basket anyways, so I bet you if that didn't happen, this bet would not have cashed, but Devin Booker and Brandon Ingram both had the first baskets in their game, and they cashed out plus 14 units. I mean, that's just a huge play. Now, moving on to our bad beats. This week, we got a 12-leg parlay, and as any bad beat... 11 of them hit. It just sounds about right. But the weird part is, in my honest opinion, the one that missed was Terry Rozier, three-plus made threes. And he averages on the season almost three-and-a-half threes a game. So I'm kind of surprised that that one's the one that hit, uh, especially seeing some of the other plays that are on here, like, you know, even Jokic making a three, which I know is an uncommon, but at the same time, you know, it's just kind of wild that that's one that was a lock. But Terry Rozier making three-plus wasn't. Um so that's that. So now let's move into my plays for this weekend. Obviously, I got my two plays for the NFL this week as those lines are out. And that's, you know, something that is right in the middle of the two episodes versus me giving my daily plays on here. And, you know, you might not listen to this till Saturday and I'm giving you a Thursday play and you're just too late. So if you want my daily plays, you can check it out on the Picket app. You can check out my personal or on the Four Quarters page. Just have Four Quarters 2 on the Picket app. Check it out. Go look us up. But anyways, two games this weekend. We got the Chiefs taking on the Bengals, and we got the 49ers taking on the Rams. All right, in the first game, we got Chiefs-Bengals. Chiefs are a seven-point favorite right now. They will not cover. The Bengals will cover that seven points. I have this game finishing up at three to four-point difference, probably similar to what it was last time with 34-31 as they did play in the regular season. But 
I see that the winner is going to be the Chiefs this time since they will be at home. It's playoff Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're just coming off, you know, the greatest game in NFL history. And I think they keep riding that at least for another week and take out the Bengals. But I do not see them covering. Seven points is way too much, especially for a Bengals team that is very hot as of late. Then moving on to the second game, we got the Rams and the Niners. Line is at Rams favored by three and a half, and I do think that they cover that number. I think that the 49ers offense with Jimmy G basically playing game manager and just trying not to screw up, I think that that will be put to the test this week, and I think that they will come up short on that side of the football. I also think they took a beating, a huge beating. I mean, with Trent Williams, George Kittle got hurt too last week. He was nicked up. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa still hasn't necessarily been 100% healthy. You know, he had his concussion. He seemed like he got a little bit banged up last week as well. So I think that they got a little bit too much going on. Plus, on top of that, the Rams are kind of being sketchy and only selling tickets to people that live in the L.A. area. Not a fan of the move, but I do think that might end up playing an effect down the road in that football game. And the Rams are also playing to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So I think that that gives them a little bit of extra motivation. And I also think that Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford are playing at an all-time level right now. And I just don't see anybody being able to slow that down. So those are my beats for the weekend. And let's get right into the episode. Hope you enjoy. championship game for the first time since 1988. We got a clock it. We got to get the field goal. Matt Gape boots it through. And the Rams by the hair of their skinny teeth. teeth. So uh, hundreds of thousands around the planet. The kick is good. It's going to overtime. To the end zone for the win. He caught it. Ball game. Chiefs. Championship game. It was lost because of a coin toss, right? Uh, More or less, kind of, not really. Because they won't kick the ball straight to the team with 13 seconds to go. They're like, here, we'll give you the full 13. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to eliminate any time for you. Clock just, management, fuck that. We're just going to make this as easy as possible for you. So, we'll, yeah, we're just going to start with game reviews. That was obviously, in my opinion, the best game of the weekend and probably one of the best games. Probably in the past 10 years. It's probably the best game I've ever seen, and I would argue it's the best weekend of football I've ever lived through. The best weekend of football? Uh-huh. It's a pretty now, good argument. I mean, I mean there's, there's no other week that I can point to where... You have a little different argument because you saw your team win a Super Bowl. It is definitely the best weekend of football outside of the when the Steelers... I got to see the Steelers win the Super Bowl. I think it's you. because there's never been a moment when there's been as consistent of good games. Like, yeah, every game was good. Yeah. The first three all ended on last-second field goals. The fourth one went into overtime on a last-second field goal. 
after scoring what was it like twenty five points in the final two minutes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they all went into overtime. They were pretty much all upsets except for the Bills game. Um, if I don't know that I would technically qualify. Yeah, that was the Rams as an upset against the Bucks, but money line wise, they were so. Yeah. No. That's. I mean, that's fair. I think the Rams probably had the advantage as soon as I saw Worst was out. Yeah, that was an advantage, and Tom Brady did not look like normal Tom Brady there. There was multiple opportunities. Also, the Rams almost pulled the Falcons up twenty-seven three. We actually joked they should go for twos to make it 28-3. You'd be like, you're not coming back from this. And then then they did. Cam Akers put the ball on the deck, fumbled. There's a lot of opportunities for the Rams to give that game away, and they didn't. I also want to know why is Cooper Cup so open? I think we were talking about that in quarter two. Yeah, do you see? Okay. Yeah, it is. We'll talk about it later. It's just ridiculous, but I think the Rams played really, really well that game. I, I really wish they hadn't given up that lead, but it made the game interesting. Mm-hmm. I think... I think with Chris Gladden and Antonio Brown, however, this is a different game. Not that for what it's worth. I mean, yeah. And if you had Tristan Wirfs, too. Yeah. I think the Bucks yeah. kind of win that F- game. Fully easily. healthy, it's a pretty competitive matchup, and the Bucks yeah, probably come out. I saw a good point, though, where, like, you know, we talked a lot about how Matthew Stafford was under some pressure. Mm-hmm. I saw a good point, though, where he and Tom Brady are pretty much having identical seasons, and Matthew Stafford is getting a lot more criticism for when he struggles. Um, I think Tom Brady just has the luck of just being in another bad division, like with Carolina and Atlanta and New Orleans. Yeah, even though New Orleans seems to have his number over the past couple, two seasons. Yeah. So I think the other pressure with Stafford is like there was always the talk every year that like, oh, he was such a good quarterback, he was just on a shit team. It's like, okay, now you have a good team. Yeah. Now you have a good team. Now it's time to be the the good quarterback. Like that's. Yeah. I can see. I understand. For the most part, he was. Yeah, and I think. You know, should he have struggled, he would have probably earned that criticism because they kind of mortgaged their future for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played really well, so there's no conversation to be had. Yeah, and now they're in the championship game. Against a 49er team that has their number. But, I don't know, do you trust Jimmy G to not lose them another game? Um... See, that's a good point, and you, I like the way you phrase that. Jimmy G is not winning them games, he's just not not... He's just not losing them games. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough him. question. That really is a tough question. Because I don't think Jimmy G's that bad. I just think he's not that great either. I think he's a game manager. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, obviously the Niners, if they want a chance to win, they're going to have to get Kittle, Samuel, and Trent back because they kind of all got hurt all three of them got injured i think debo samuel was the least injured i think he kind of just got the wind knocked out of him trent williams was the one that concerns me though because that was his ankle and for big guys that's just not ideal oh yeah you can't really come back from that that's just something you kind of just have to play through yeah um so on here you have what was the best game we already covered that definitely that was the best game definitely bill's chiefs you said worst game i think the worst game was the patriot not the patriots i think the worst game was the packer game yeah, it, so it, feels, it feels bad calling any of these games the worst game. But I well, I mean, I think from just a scoring standpoint, like... I say, it was it was boring for three and a half quarters. When it looked like the Packers were going to win. The first drive, I thought that game was getting ready to be 35 nothing. Just yeah. the, wes, the, easy, like the ease that... Yeah. And then there wasn't a touchdown Bay, scored until three minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. The ease at which Green Bay moved that football down the field was impressive. And it looked like... I mean, speaking of Jimmy G, Jimmy G tried to give that game away. 
they were driving towards the end zone. He threw a really bad pick, and that's kind of what I thought. Oh, like this is this is over. Like Jimmy G's yeah. playing his normal game. Like, and then the pa- the Packers just couldn't capitalize, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers didn't necessarily look great either. Yeah, I mean his special teams. Their special teams got. Their special teams got manhandled, absolutely, and that's not Aaron Ro- not on Aaron Rodgers. But scoring one touchdown when you're the potential MVP, that is on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think at some point we do have to address. As much as I like him, as much as I think he's the most pure talent to ever play the position, at some point we do have to talk about the fact that he has some struggles in the postseason. Yeah, he has a little bit of choke in him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of choke in the postseason, which is frustrating. I mean, even when they beat you, like he played a good game in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, but his defense also. Showed out until Big Ben threw an interception, yeah, and you lost. Yeah. That's probably the most depressing weekend of your football career. Yeah, win some, you lose some. Been to two, one. Been to yeah. three, one, two. So I've can lost all of them. So yeah, it's upsetting, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So just I know I put predictions in the future in quarter two, but I want to go ahead and do it in this one because it makes more sense. Um. So we have the Bengals for some reason in the AFC Championship game for some reason. There's one reason, and that's Joe. It's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. See, it's confusing that they're this good, but they are this good. So I'm not really clear clear on the like underdog narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that's only for people outside. I don't think they see it that way at all. But they've already beaten the Chiefs. So like, why are we saying that this is not possible? They've already won. But do you remember that game though? It took some really crazy fucking clock management. Took some really crazy clock management for the Chiefs to beat the Bills. Okay. So. And it took Jamar Chase 266 receiving yards. I don't think that's something he can I, – I think that's something he can replicate. I don't think that's that impossible. Did you see that they gave up five – They gave up four touchdowns to Gabriel Davis okay. last week. Okay. Well, hopefully Tyron Matthew will be back. Also uh, – A week with a concussion. That Bengals – that Bengals – O-line played a lot better in the Chiefs game than they did last week. So. Yeah, though they played terrible last week. Nine sacks and still managing to win. But, of course, you know, you would think if their O-line was going to cost them the game, it was going to be against Tennessee. But then again, Damn Tennessee's offense just didn't take advantage of it because no. of Mr. Ra- <laughs> Mr. Ryan Average Tannehill and Ryan Tannehill. He had a um, dot, but that's about it. He threw two picks, though, and one to open the game and one to close the game. So nice little yeah. bookends there by yeah. Ryan He's Tannehill. You like, like to start the game the same way you finish the game. That's what I've always what heard. I, what I've heard from Ryan Tannehill. For sure. Um, quarter two, more storyline action. We just kind of skipped over the other game. Oh, yeah, facts. I didn't really care about it, honestly. I think the Rams are going to kind of walk away from the 49ers. Well, you were just saying the Niners had uh, the Rams number. They did in the regular season, but I do think if Jimmy G plays the way he did even the first game against Dallas, they're not going to win that game. I mean, that's fair. I, the, Ram, defense, the Rams should win. The defense, This defense has got enough to stop their run game, which I, I don't think the first two teams they've played have. Yeah. Um, their defense should, or the Rams should walk away with this game. You're right. But because just, their problem like is they're, the underdogs. Their problem is their corners. In some reason, Green Bay didn't exploit those because of the weather. But I think this game is in SoFi. It's in LA, yeah. Yeah, so you're they, just going to get run through with that. You saw the Rams restricted the ticket sales to only the greater L.A. area so that Niners fans couldn't buy tickets. That's smart. Titans did that, too, for the Bengals game. Yeah. Do you you know what type of teams do that? The ones that know they have no fans. 
Kinda, yeah. I mean, t- Tennessee and L.A., they're definitely Fairweather fans because they have so much other stuff to do in Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> and L.A. So Los Angeles is a big city. I had yeah. no idea. There's not, you know, if, if they don't really care about football, they're probably not going to go watch the games. For sure. Um, but I do think the Rams are going to win, and I'm I'm absolutely pulling for Matthew Stafford. Oh, for sure. Um, now that the Bills are gone, I wanted Bills-Rams Super Bowl. I thought it was going to be Bills-Packers. Now I think it's going to be Chiefs, Chiefs Rams. I'm going to go the outside. I'm going to go Bengals Rams. Bengals Rams. There's a potential that we could have a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl, which I would have called you a moron for had you week told one? me that yeah. week one. But like, hey, by the way, the Super Bowl, there's a potential Super Bowl outcome, and it's Bengals 49ers. I'd be like, you're an idiot. Neither of those teams are winning more than five games. I was games. like, you don't know football at all. And as it turns out, it's me who doesn't <laughs> know football. At all. But I will say, this has been easily one of the most entertaining seasons of the NFL I think I've ever been fortunate to watch. 100%. It's been upsets and Looney Tunes and craziness. Coming down to... Awesome. Is this team going to kneel it out to tie? So my team doesn't go to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, you were happy. Yeah, I was excited. Stressed out, but excited. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been been easily one of the more unpredictable and crazy years in the National Football League. Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's the chef's kiss. It is the chef's kiss. I hope this. I hope this keeps happening. And next year we're gonna get a quarterback in Washington, and it's gonna be my favorite year ever. Sam Howe, baby. Um, Take him. <laughs> moving on to more storylines. Now that we've covered the game, what happens to Aaron Rodgers? Because his comments after the game indicated that he was probably not a Packer, considering he said, "I don't want to be a part of a rebuild." I think. I don't know. I think with the way that ended, he either has to stick it out and get the Packers one more shot or just retire because it's going to look bad if he's like well we lost I'm out I don't think he cares about looking bad considering all the stuff that he's done this year with the immunization thing and all that stuff I don't think he really cares what the media thinks of him a man of his convictions I don't know because I think the big thing is is he doesn't want to come back because there's a lot of people under con- like that are not under contract. Devondre Campbell being one of them, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. There's a whole laundry list of people. Plenty of Darius Smith is all, like there's tons of people. Um, and they don't really have plenty of cap space. But they have Aaron Rodgers. My question is, do you want to get into cap hell for Aaron Rodgers after his you've seen that he struggles in the playoffs. No, you don't. You don't I don't think you do either. I don't think you want to be in cap hell to get to at most the the NFC Championship game cuz you had the best Super Bowl. I thought they had a Super Bowl roster easily. I thought this was their best chance to win the Super Bowl and couldn't do it. So, why go into cap hell to bring back the same team? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um obviously you want Aaron Rodgers to be a Packer. It makes sense. I know Matt LaFleur does. I know their front office does. But you also don't want to cater to him and re-sign like Randall Cobb and all those people just because he wants. Yeah, well, what, someone tweeted, they were like, if Rodgers didn't push for them to re-sign Randall Cobb, they could have signed OBJ. But See, I understand that, but I don't know that OBJ would have been successful in Green Bay as he is in L.A. Just because of fit. He just got out of a small market, in cold small market in Cleveland. I understand he probably has a better quarterback, a better offense, but I think he, not probably, definitely would in Green Bay have a better quarterback and a better <laughs> offense. But I think he fits in L.A. OBJ, OBJ feels like a fit guy. He feels like he wants to be where the, where the action is. That's New York. That's L.A. 
That's, that's oh, he's definitely a personality. Who needs so, a big market. Yeah, so I don't know that his personality would fit Green Bay. Now, his talent, absolutely. Yeah. But they also had an opportunity to make some trades at the deadline and chose not to. So that's also, again, on them. Yeah. So whatever. Um, I had another question, but I wasn't. Oh, so we talked about the Bills-Chiefs game, and you opened the podcast this way. Should overtime come down to essentially a coin toss? I've really been struggling. So somebody made a good point. In the final game of the season with the Steelers-Ravens, that game went into overtime, and the Ravens won the toss, and the Steelers got a stop and then scored. So it is possible. And we, we looked at it in, for some reason, in the playoffs, the advantage skews greatly. Yeah. and The last nine out of the ten overtime games, the team that has won the toss has won that game nine times. Yeah, not always on the first possession, though. Yeah, not always on the first possession. That is That is fair. So it's not exactly... A one-to-one ratio but then I think you looked it up and you said it's more like a 54% split if you go all time since the new rules were implemented yeah over, so since yeah. the rules like including playoffs regular season, regulation, yeah it's about 54% of the teams that win yeah. the toss end up winning the game and somebody made like the good point they're like that just it's because it's the playoffs and you have actual good quarterbacks right so that's where the real talent yeah. is and the other thing is like people People make it really simple to sound like you can get a stop in the NFL I understand you should you should get a stop but when you're playing a team like Kansas City, good luck. Like, there's just so much they can do. Like, there's so much. There's too much to guard. There's too much to cover. Mm-hmm. They make you cover every blade of grass, and they even have the ability to, at the line of scrimmage, Travis Kelsey saying, hey, I'm not going to run the route that's called. Yeah, gonna, that's probably, like, that play he literally did out Kelsey do it. Yeah. And the he, Bills were still like, well, we'll see if he does it. I don't know. Well, they didn't know what he. They're not going to know what he's doing. And okay, I would have sent seven people on him if Mahomes pointed at him and said, "Do it." Yeah, that's fair. But <laughs> nonetheless, we say get a stop, but then the Chiefs never have to go on defense. Is the thing. I do think at least both teams, each of their units, should have to get a possession. No, so they should yeah. have a defensive and offensive possession for each I don't team. think it needs to go to pure college rules. No, I don't think it needs to go to pure college rules because that can get into I don't want 8-9 overtimes. Yeah. Like there's the tweet where it's like this is what the score would have looked like with college rules and it was like 142 to 135. Absolutely, cuz they both those teams were scoring. I do think though for a at least the first series or first two possessions each team should get one. From there let's do sudden death. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like if you if Chief Chief score and then Buffalo gets the ball it. back yeah. and doesn't get the ball and doesn't score, ball game. Yeah. Or if they have to kick a field goal, ball game. Or if they score, then the next score wins. Just mm-hmm. do it that way. That way we can stop the argument of... A coin we, toss won it. Yeah. Because I do agree. Like I hated seeing that game come down to Josh Allen just watching. Yeah, for I sure. I hate that. For sure. Um, for him and for just football in general. Yeah, he was electrifying. Gabriel Davis could have had a fifth touchdown. I know. I like it. Gabe Davis, balling. Ballin. He's a second year, I think, right? Yeah, playing really well. Mm. I don't know where he went to college, though. Um, the other thing is, though, I think we're focusing on the wrong stop that they needed to get. That's something oh, I've, yeah. uh, that I've noticed. People are saying they need to get the stop in overtime. You need to get the stop at the end of regulation. <laughs> with 13 seconds. Left. You scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left. That ball game should be over. Like, mm. it should be 100% over. There's no way you should kick the ball in the back of the end zone, for one. No yeah. shot. However, there is the argument. I mean, the Chiefs are probably kicking a Tyreek Hill. 
It's by it was Byron Pringle that was back there. Okay. Well, he also is explosive. Yeah, but I would rather make that tackle than try to say, let's give them the full 13 and three timeouts. Let's at least make them burn, what, four or five seconds? I guess. Like a little bit more challenging? Because then that eliminates the Tyree kill play. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That Tyree kill play where everyone's in prevent defense, which I think prevent defenses are annoying. Especially with 13 seconds left, you don't need a true prevent. I don't think you need a true prevent. I understand keeping everything in front of you, but I still think you can keep everything in front of you and yeah. still play kind of like, your normal yeah, defense. Yeah, maybe back up from 10 to 15 and then just play defense. Yeah, I mean, they had their linebackers pretty much 30 yards off the ball. And then they just picked Travis yeah. Kelsey, or Tyree Kill, and he understood the assignment of getting as many yards as fast as possible because he's the fastest human in the National Football League. And then they threw a wide-open completion to Travis Kelsey. So yeah. I think that's the stop Buffalo needed to get. If you have that opportunity to end the game – I think you that's the stop you need to get right there. So Yeah. Well, easy to say, right? Get the stop against one of the best quarterbacks we'll probably ever see. Yeah, but on that one of those high powered offenses. Thirteen seconds though, that's a different story. Thirteen seconds. Mahomes is a different animal. Thirteen seconds. You see what Andy Reid told him? It's kinda tough. When you, it's grim be the grim reaper. Yeah, it was kinda that uh, was kinda a hard. Line. That was hard. It's a cold line. Good old Andy. Yeah. I didn't know Andy had it like that, but I probably would have balled out too. I've been like I've never done this before, but I might get that tattooed on me, honestly. That's when it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. That was cold. Um, we talked about OT needs to change. I, w- I want to talk about TB12 later. But what I do want to talk about, should Jimmy Garoppolo get you to the Super Bowl, win or lose? Do you uh, still trade him? Uh, the question I asked you in person yesterday. Okay. Let's see. I, I don't think you can. If you get to the Super Bowl with a quarterback twice in three years – you kind of have to, you have to keep him. Because you said, when he's healthy, they have always made the playoffs. He always made the playoffs. The two full years he's been able to start for San Francisco, they've made the Super Bowl. Well, have a chance to this year. Yeah. I, I don't know. See that? Like, I don't. I don't think you can either. I think optically, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And the small shot he had in New England, he was four and zero. Right. So nine. like, he might not be the most talented quarterback in our league. But, but he's somehow it, he's, he's a winner. winner. <laughs> he's a winning game. So like, because he only really wins games in the playoffs. Like they're always like a fringe playoff team, and then they're just like turn it on, fuck it. I saw a theory where he's actually better when he doesn't have to like think. Like in close in close games where you need those quick throws and things like that, he's better then than he is like just kind of in the middle of the game, which is bizarre. Yeah, probably. He's a not a game manager, but like a game sealer. Yeah, and he narrows his. He's a closer as a quarterback, yeah. which is interesting. Which is a good quality. Trust me, that's a good quality to have. I'd rather <laughs> have that quality than quarterbacks that get up twenty seven and then choke it out. So is that a shot at Matt Stafford? It is not a shot at Matthew Stafford. I love Matthew Stafford. Nice. I was more like Matt Ryan or something. So I, or in general, or maybe even Big Ben. Who knows? Mason Rudolph. Fuck that guy. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that. I don't think you can trade him. No, I do you think you. Tra- I do think you drafted Trey Lance for a reason, but I think you give him another year. Do you trade Trey Lance? No. That's what if What if they make it this year, win or lose, and make it to the championship next year with Jimmy G? Jimmy G's on his last year of his contract next year. But I will say, 
The Chiefs traded Alex Smith when he was winning them AFC Championship games. No, he wasn't. Or winning playoff games. I think he won one. Multiple. He I won a couple and I was would. getting to the playoffs. He was a playoff quarterback, and they traded him away when they had Pat Mahomes. I guess. I guess. So I guess my thing is, if they don't trade Jimmy G, then there's something wrong with Trey Lance. Yeah. That would be my, that would be my concern. Is For that sure. when if, if they're hesitant to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, it's that means Trey Lance is not Trey. ready. Yeah. Um, so that'll be kind of the telltale sign at the end of this season, when at the end of their season, what they decide to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because there are a handful of teams that would take Jimmy G, obviously. Mm-hmm. My, the Steelers being one of them. Probably Washington being another. Um, so there are definitely some teams that would sign up for that. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Cliff Kingsbury later, because I thought more about that after you asked me that question. Um, Okay. Why is Cooper Cup always open? Because he is the Grim Reaper of wide receivers. I guess, dude. You see what he said about the route that, like, the deep touchdown, or not touchdown, but, like, the deep ball that he caught? To, to end the game? To set the field goal? Yeah. Yeah, where he was like, we called that the, for the love of the game route because it's never supposed to go to him. He's supposed to be just a decoy to pull the safety. And next thing you know, he beat him, and Stafford just threw it up. Yeah, I mean, I saw that um, – do you want the Dan Orlovsky? Is it Orlovsky? Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark do the film breakdowns. They broke down that play. It was really uh-huh. interesting to see. They ran a cover zero blitz for some reason, which never makes sense. Um, and they just left Cooper Cup alone, and he made a really good move, and the linebacker didn't blitz, and they didn't cover him. But the other thing is, is on the touchdown that he did score, nobody covered him. Nobody was interested. I mean... Have you ever tried covering Cooper Cup? It doesn't look like an easy job. <laughs> I will say though, the nastiest route of the weekend was Gabriel Davis. Was Gabe Davis? He made that. He made he that made man Mike touch he, earth. Yeah, I've never seen someone fall like that off a route without tearing something. Like if he tore something, maybe he fall like that. But the definition of getting routed. Yeah, that's the definition. But then Mike Hughes stood up and was like, no, "I'm good," and I was like, "No, you're not." Yeah, no. your your ass actually. Don't don't pat your chest. Your your offense just saved you. Yeah. Because if the Bills won that game, that film is all over Twitter. Kind of already is, but it's all over Twitter. I'm sure Coach Thirty made a video about it. I'm I'm so excited. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What Cooper are you Cup. Yeah. Interesting. You think he repeats next year as the best receiver? That is a, probably not just because what he did this year was so incredible. He was He's bound to have a down year by his standards, but he'll still have a good season. I just don't know that you can repeat almost 2,000 yards receiving. That's mm-hmm. insane. Um, but I saw on ESPN, they're like, is Cooper Cup open because he's a white guy? I was like, that cannot be a real question. Like, I mean, no, NFL teams are not. Subconsciously, though, you do kind of forget about him. A little. I don't know. I still <laughs> feel like from a game plan perspective, you're not going to say, here's the best receiver statistically in the league. But as a corner. And just, we're just going to ignore him? But as a corner, you're lining up and you're going, hmm, Odell, Cooper Cup, who am I more afraid of? Just from looking at him. Numbers-wise, I feel like it has to be Cooper Cup. Numbers don't translate into the game. Bullshit. No, you know what I mean? Though? Like, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, that's. I, I do think a lot of Cooper Cup's success comes from scheme. I will say that. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. But I'm not. Offensive but that's not genius. taking away from the fact that he is an excellent route runner and is actually pretty oh, fast. Yeah, he's. Yeah. So he has an amazing skill set. Yeah. And Sean well, uses it perfectly. Yeah. Whatever. We'll see. Um. So Tom Brady offered some interesting comments prior to the game. 
Um, he said, and I'm definitely paraphrasing his quote, something about he wants to end it on top, but he knows it's not this year. Now it's obvious that it's not. Yeah. And then he said he's going to take to some time to evaluate how he feels physically and mentally to see if he wants to return. Yeah, and he said a lot of it also goes into what his family wants. Well, what's interesting to me is that Tom Brady talked about playing into his 50s, and now all of a sudden he's questioning retirement. Yeah, he got popped in the mouth, finally bled, and got an unsportsmanlike conduct. He was like, all right, they're disrespecting Well, he the was talking about retirement before the game. I know. But I, I just don't buy it. I, like, I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't see him retiring. Like, at this point with Tom Brady, like, I'd, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Even, even when he does it, I'll probably be like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, I mean, we thought he was going to retire after, like, the Falcons Super Bowl, like, five years ago. He's gone on to win another one, yeah. two more, gone to three. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would come down to whether he thinks he can still do it. Now, I will admit... This is the first time where you've sort of seen age kind of affect Tom Brady was this playoff game. He hasn't really had his best season. I mean, he still threw for 300 yards. Yeah. He's, he actually, I just said he hasn't had his best season. He had an MVP caliber He led the season. league in passing yards. <laughs> he had an MVP caliber And touchdowns. Season. He didn't have his best game. There you go. That's the first time you've really seen that. But, of course, that's an anomaly in terms of what he's done this season. So, obviously... His talent is he still, still there play. for the most part. He can still play, but I guess there is the question of can he make it through the full season at a high level and postseason run. Because your arm after 17 games and then trying to get to the playoffs and Super Bowl is going to decrease drastically. You saw it with Drew Brees. I still don't think we're seeing it with Tom. I question whether his, his desire for the game cannot be gone. No, he'll never lose that. Yeah, I mean, his, which is next level. It doesn't make sense someone that successful is still that driven. It just doesn't. Like, it, I don't get it. But Different animal. He's a different animal and yet the same beast. Um, Sorry. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I don't buy the retirement. Do you? I don't see it. It's so up in the air right now. If it happens, I'm not surprised. Technically overdue. He should have retired. You know, like 44. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously an NFL quarterback retiring at 45 is still like, what did you just say to me right now? Yeah. Like, I get that, but. Were you a bench warmer who didn't get hit at yeah. all? Like, how did that happen? Um, I don't buy it. Joe Burrow for MVP. Nine sacks still wins a playoff game. I'm buying it. He's not even the favorite for comeback player of the year right now. Which is another. Yeah. I mean, they do say that. You know, these awards are supposed to only take into account regular season. So I think that's what kind of loses him the edge. Without question, though, he's done more with less, even in the regular season, to take this team to the playoffs regardless. Is I mean, I no, he had one of the time. Like, their defense was playing out of their mind. That's on the coach. Their and defense. He has, he has one of the better receiving cores in the league. The only tr- with one, one of the, the top, worst O lines. But one of the in top. Football. One of the top running backs in, in terms of rushing yards. Joe Mixon, these hands. And our one friend said that they have the best O-line in the league, so I don't know. I don't know that I would listen to anything he ever says. <laughs> like, at all. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I will say he's done more with less than the two quarterbacks he's in contention with being Russell, not Russell Wilson, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I think he has less than they do. But, I don't know. I'm just impressed with Joe Burrow, like, honestly. I didn't think, after coming off a horrific knee injury... I do think that should be comeback player of the year for sure. Oh, for sure. Just 
taking your team to the playoffs, what he's able to kind of do. You're supposed to be 2-10 and ten and you won the division. Yeah, and now you're in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's really impressive. Um, I said I wanted to talk about Cliff Kingsbury, and I still do. You brought up yesterday what about Cliff Kingsbury after – you did not yesterday. You brought up on our last podcast – what about Cliff Kingsbury after they lost their playoff game? And I was like, you're crazy to fire him. But there are some interesting numbers that I want to throw at you. Throw them my way. If I can find what I was looking for. Okay. So in 2019, he was 2-6 and six in the last nine games. Or nine weeks, rather. There's bye weeks included. Okay. 3-6 and six in 2020. 4-6 and six in 2021. He's nine and eighteen after week nine in the NFL. I think that's important. I think it's very important. And you got to start how you finish, right? I think you got to. I mean, he's that team. His teams are obviously not closing the seasons well, which is a bad indication. I also think, for the most part, I don't know that that's fireable, but I think that's concerning at the very least. Oh, I, I still sure. don't think you fire him. I mean. You kind of hope maybe he also makes some changes as far as, like, personnel-wise. They need to get better defensively. They need to get better on the offensive line. They need to shore up their secondary. They're losing their two best pass rushers probably this offseason. Yeah, Chandler Jones probably gone. J.J. Watt probably will retire if I had to guess. Um, Maybe he goes to the Steelers. One last ride with TJ. That'd be nice. But I will say... I think it's I think it's fine that he doesn't get fired, but I will say like if you look at his first three th- seasons as a whole, most coaches do get fired for that. He just happens to have made the playoffs one year because he has Kyler Murray. Yeah, but you know like we saw Brian Flores get fired for a lot less. <laughs> and they we saw Vic Fangio get fired for a lot less. I was saying they fleeced the Texans for the top receiver in the NFL at the time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do think that a lot of this loss comes down to some of the injuries that the Arizona Cardinals were facing, but I'm interested to see. The future okay, for give, this team. Give him a year. If he falls off at the end of next year, too, maybe you get in that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think his seat should at least – his seat is not hot. It's not warm. But you know that warm when you sit in a really nice car in the winter and it's got heat warmers, like that kind of nice yeah. comfortable heat? That's probably the seat that he's on right yeah. now. That's no, it's not on fire, but it's, it's, it's a nice it's just, little lukewarm. You it's know. like, oh, like I feel it. A little automatic mm. start on the – Remote start on the car and, from yeah, 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 during yeah. the winter. Yeah. It's not unbearable, but you're like, mm, this is warm. Toasty. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up, even though it wasn't in our that line. Quarter three, we're gonna do a little draft talk. We're gonna have some mock drafts up for sure. Kobe. But first round, do you have any like sleepers in your mind? Sleepers like, that are gonna sneak into the first round. I see. I feel like this this draft isn't huge on sleepers. I think. This is this is just a really offensive line and defensive draft. Yes, yeah, this is a very big boy draft. Yeah, which I love. Although not really great for the Steelers who need a quarterback for the first time <laughs> in fifteen years. Yeah, but you need O line, so Oh yeah, that's true. And there's an abundance of that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wide receivers, Traylon Burks is a guy whose name is slowly creeping up to be the top receiver in the class. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, Jahan Dotson hasn't gotten a lot of love, but I like him out of Penn State. I to Drake London out of USC speedster. Yeah, I don't. I'm not actually not a speedster. He's a big guy. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of sleepers right this second for the first round, especially. There's. I mean, I don't know about sleeper, but maybe somebody that's really compelling to me is uh, Malik Willis. He's. I can't tell where I fall on him. He's an interesting prospect to me because he's so raw. Mm -hmm. 
But then he does things on a football field where you know that no one else can do that. So it's intriguing in that sense. He's a ridiculous athlete with an absolute cannon for an I arm. think if I'm watching, I'm trading back a few picks if I can and getting him late teens. See, but I don't even know that he's going to be in the top 15. Like I, I, I said I, late teens. I could see him falling to like 22, 23, 24, like know, getting snagged by a team that doesn't really need him. I hate people who are like, I, I would take him like late second and then third or fourth. And I'm like, are you fucking stupid that he's going to fall there? See that would, for me personally, that's the only place where I see him having value. But I do see your point. Like he's, he's not an electric be there. quarterback. I mean, no, yeah, he's not going to be there. But from a talent in last year's draft, he's definitely a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, that's what some guy said that the quarterbacks, Jordan Reed, he's a quarterback analyst, and he said that if you were to put this quarterback group in last year's, they would fall after those top five guys, like after Mac Jones, but then before like Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, that group. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's where they would fall. I don't think. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett might be the only one that's really worth kind of risking it. Yeah. On, but I will say one of these. I know we say no, we don't think any of, the, any of these guys are special, and I don't. But I'm gonna be wrong. I know that someone is going to be. There's gonna be special. Out there's of gonna talent. be a top quarterback from this draft. Absolutely, and we just don't know who it is. So yeah, hopefully no our idea. teams do. Um, but I, I just think Malik Willis is so raw that his bust potential is so high. That's like, what. He has the lowest floor and the highest ceiling. His ceiling is, and his potential, like it's just incredible. Yeah. So like I can't really like make my mind up on how I feel about that. And that's what I'm I think worried. he's the most intriguing prospect in the first. That's round. the only reason that I'm like heads down taking him is because, as Washington historically, we're just not good at developing quarterbacks. You're not good at developing quarterbacks, and I don't think rookie is the answer for you guys because asking a rookie to come into that kind of turmoil is not fair. Like you need a veteran to be able to handle all that, a la Derek Carr. I don't know. I'm starting to get sold that we might get Russ. That would be an incredible thing for you guys. Yeah. Three do years you, in a row, Super Bowl, calling it. Do you? Are there any players you're avoiding in this draft? I don't. I don't really know that. Um, it's a little early. Uh, let's see. I'm not huge on that Minnesota tackle, Daniel Fa- Faalale. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Let me see. I've, heard, I've seen a lot of Chris Olave hate recently. I'm not buying it. Yeah, what? This, I, I saw, I think it's the... Oh, Matt Corral, I'm not as high on. No. I'm avoiding Sam Howell at all costs. I would take Sam Howell late first all costs. into the second. He's Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. He might be better. Marginally. But he's Baker Mayfield. He's just another Baker Mayfield. Let's see who's wrong. Um, I, I wouldn't draft Malik Willis as a Steelers just because we kind of need a win-now guy. Yeah, and you have to win Haskins for that. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I have a weird feeling about the corners of this draft class. I don't, Who, I like don't know. Stingley. Yeah. I, I just got a feeling that they're not as good as it we're – yeah, it is being built up as a really corner-heavy draft. And, like, I just – I'm not sure because I didn't see a lot of these guys play. Yeah, like, Stingley was hurt. Gardner's on Cincinnati, so you don't see him play. Yeah, and he hasn't given Make up – and Sauce Gardner hasn't given up a touchdown in his college career. Yeah. Even when he went on – even when they played Alabama. Yeah. I say McDuffie is on Washington. You don't get to see him play a lot. Yeah, I'm just – like, Andrew Booth, Clemson, they had a down year. I say yeah, he wasn't on national Roger television. Roger McCreary, Auburn. Never Not really great. that good. So, like – Not really an athlete. I don't know. Like, it's building Bill to help as a really good corner class. But I, as a Steelers fan, knowing how poorly yeah. we evaluate corners after Artie Burns, eh, I'm hesitant. Yeah, when's the last time you drafted a really good corner? Just like a serious question. Steven Nelson. 
like good. Actually, for I don't him. even know that we drafted him. Hold on. I th- I, th- I think you did. Cam Sutton. I mean, we drafted Cam Sutton. Where'd you draft him at? Uh, I'm not like, sure. He went to Tennessee, like. Okay, but round wise. Well, it wasn't round one. I don't think. But do you think you got your value back with him? Oh yeah, I mean he's playing really well. Like he's proven that he's a starter in this league. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so his third round of 2017 out of Tennessee. I like that. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know that we drafted Steven Nelson. Um, was he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in 2015. Damn. I mean, I think our only good draft pick corner-wise was Kendall Fuller. A while ago. Yeah, I mean, I will say, and I will admit this here now, corners are hard to evaluate. They're yeah, tough I to I mean, every once in a while you get, like, the sure things, like the Jalen Ramseys. Yeah, like, those exist. But I'll say, like, for the most part, that position is a tough position to evaluate just because it's a lot of intangibles that go into that position because of yeah. you have to be mentally okay with saying, like, I'm going to get cooked, I'm going to get toasted. I gotta just come back next play. Like it's a mental position, and I don't think you gotta be ready to be Mike Hughes every once in a while and get broke. Absolutely, um, and I think it's a it's a it's a position dependent on confidence most of the time, and I you know it takes a special kind of guy to be able to do that. Yeah, um, we will get some more mock drafts, but I wanted to talk early draft stuff just because for both of us it's it's time to start thinking about that, or it's been time to start thinking about that for quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, moving on to my thing is I have one finally, Jacob. Okay. Who would you like to go first? No, you gotta start because I gotta think of mine. Derek Carr. I would prefer to have Derek Carr be my starting quarterback over Dak Prescott. Oh uh, yeah, you made this argument in the room the other day. That uh, it's such I, they're they're pretty close. They're pretty close, but I will say I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I think he has a better arm than Dak Prescott. I think he might be a little bit of a better winner than Dak Prescott. I think, listen to me, Derek Carr got to the playoffs with less. In the midst of all that Oakland turmoil, it's Derek Carr that has kept them steady. Without Derek Carr, that team is a dumpster fire. Yeah. And Derek Carr is the only reason that any coach is considering taking that job. And I think there are a number of teams that would take Derek Carr today. I would take him. Um, So I think Dak... While a great, while a good quarterback is no longer a top, should be in top ten consideration, and I think Derek Carr should be. I think Derek yeah. Carr should be thought of as a top ten quarterback. I think they're both fringe top ten. They're they're pretty close in rankings. I wouldn't say he's a better winner if you just look at stats across the board. I mean, Prescott had had never had a losing season because he didn't play last year. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. He did come into a very stable franchise, though. For the most part, it's pretty I mean, stable. They don't they have, have a lot of talent. Yeah, they do. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I guess you're right. But I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with my thing is this offseason, we're going to lose two of the top five quarterbacks we've ever seen play in Rodgers and Brady. I think they're both gone. That would be a very un- – Brady, I could see, that would be a very unceremonious way for Aaron Rodgers to retire, but I don't think he gives a crap to tell you the truth. Messing, I don't, I don't know who. I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't know who's going to manage the farm for two years of him right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Pittsburgh probably the only team that could really afford yeah. it and would be willing to do it. We handle personality really well, but yeah, I don't know. He would be the closest thing to the win now guy, and if honestly, 
we need a guy like Aaron Rodgers if we're going to compete with people like Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the breakdown of the top quarterbacks in the league, and like nine of the top ten are in the AFC. Yeah. So, y'all, y'all are fucked. Yeah, we need a quarterback bad. So yeah. we'll see. All right, that's wraps. See you next week.